and and all this yeah, a lot conservatism of pot and a lot of acid went into those Beatles <laughs> I songs you were say a lot and of they ass. and not a lot of well maybe that too <laughs> but acid and pot oh we gotta go we're done that's a it string all of right hits <laughs> peace from and the love Beatles. thank right. you Ringo and really thank you Ringo I'm so glad you're still on tour peace oh. and love <laughs> oh yeah they were con Palamia Wachinello and yeah we'll pick him up off the floor when he falls. <laughs> Goodbye. We'll talk to you guys next week. Coming up next, uh, Mike Perini and Pandora's Munchbox. We're all related. Bye. Munchbox. Hmm. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that? Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay it's Pangea's Munchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. It's Landrew's Punch Bowl on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. It's, um, I'm Mike. Hi. This is a show about food, often called Pandora's Lunchbox by default. Today's show is about food, oddly enough, and the 400th birthday of the city of Quebec City, hence the name City, in Quebec, hence the name Quebec. As you can see, I'm perfectly prepared for today's celebrations. Today is the 400th anniversary of the day that Samuel de Champlain dropped anchor below the bluffs of what was to become Old Quebec and founded Quebec City, Quebec. Why does it have to do with Michigan? There are multiple reasons, or at least one, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first of all, let's celebrate the province of Quebec with the music of Malajube from Montréal. And this tune is Le Juste de Citron. I apologize to everybody for my French, and these guys will make French better for everybody. Here it is.
Oh my goodness. That was Malajoub from Montreal, and that was Le Juste de Citron. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture and whatever else happens to land on the plate. Today is the 400th anniversary of the founding of Quebec City, and what better way to recognize all 400 years of Quebec's contribution to world cuisine and culture by talking about poutine. We do things a different way in a half-hour show to get things done, but here it is. Poutine is a Quebec-style dish, says here from Wikipedia, for the completely different Acadian dish, see poutine râpé. Well, we don't have time for both, do we? Yes, of course we do. We'll have to talk about it. What is poutine, you might ask, if you're not familiar with it? It is a dish consisting of French fries topped with fresh cheese curds, covered with brown barbecue chicken gravy, and sometimes other additional ingredients. The freshness of the curds is important as it makes them soft in the warm fries, mm, without completely melting. It is a quintessential Canadian comfort food, especially but not exclusively among Québécois. Poutine is a food staple in Canada. It is sold by many fast food chains, such as Harvey's and a chain called New York Fries. There's a chain called New York Fries in Canada. This is going to be one of just several confusing facts we're going to come across during this half hour, including what is a Michigan and how many calories does it have, and we're not talking about cannibals, maybe perhaps later, but not at the moment. Now, poutine trucks on the road offer poutine in parts of Canada, along with fries stands, commonly known as, oh, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going not gonna to speak French, because it would just hurt, it would be very sad. But it's a very, along with fries and pizza, poutine is a very common dish sold and eaten in high school cafeterias in various parts of Quebec. Of Canada. The dish originated in rural Quebec in the late 1950s. Several Quebecois communities claim to be the birthplace of poutine, including Drummondville, Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu, and Victoriaville. One often cited tale is that of Fernand Lachance from Warwick, Quebec, which claims that poutine was invented in 1957. Was that the year of Sputnik too? If that was, then that is the year, probably the most important year of the 20th century. When a customer ordered fries while waiting for his cheese curds from the Kingsey Cheese Factory in Kingsey Falls, now in Warwick, Lachance is said to have exclaimed, uh-oh, ça va faire une maudite poutine. It will make a damn mess. Hence the name. The sauce was allegedly added later to keep the fries warm longer. There are many variations of poutine. A common variation is Italian poutine, substituting the gravy with spaghetti sauce, a thick tomato and ground beef sauce roughly analogous to bolognese, bolognese sauce. Now, i got to speak Italian, and this is just embarrassing for me. While another variation includes sausage slices. There's also Greek poutine, consisting of shoestring fries topped with a warm Mediterranean vinaigrette, gravy, and feta cheese. Newfoundland poutine consists of fries, dressing, similar to stuffing but not moist, and gravy. The Elgin Street Diner, located in Ottawa, Canada, lists several different types of poutine, including ingredients such as steak and onions, bacon and mushrooms, and it offers onion rings in the place of fries. Is that poutine then? If it doesn't, wow, it's amazing. Some restaurants in Montreal offer poutine with such additions as bacon or Montreal-style smoked meat, although these are not as common. Some such restaurants even boast a dozen or more variations of poutine. For instance, more upscale poutine with three pepper sauce, merguez sausage, foie gras, or even caviar and truffle can be found. The mind is spinning while also boggling. This is absolutely amazing. Some named variations may not necessarily be prepared with the same ingredients in different establishments. For example... 
A variation called poutine galvaud adds shredded turkey and green peas, similar to the typical Quebecois hot chicken sandwich. Some variations even eliminate the cheese altogether, but most French-speaking Quebecois would call such a dish a fleet sauce, French fries with sauce, instead of poutine. This is all very important things to learn. You will be quizzed at the end of Pandora's Lunchbox before Face the Music at 7 o'clock. We are celebrating Quebecois, poutine, and Michigans. We'll get to what the Michigans are in a second. But first of all, some lovely music from Kate and Anna McGarrigal. This I will try to pronounce, Entre la Genouse et la Sagesse. La Genouse is la Genouise, is both a street in Montreal and the word for youth. Sagesse is wisdom. We are all sons, daughters, just produce from the corner grocery. From the corner grocer. Born on sale day, brought up at bargain prices. We are poor, but we are rich together. Though the winds of January blow, though the foundations tremble. Between La Genouise and Wisdom, there's a subway station, two handy stores, a Mr. Fix-It, a billboard of Brigitte Bardot. Goes a little something like this. Tu 
Kate and Anna McGarrigal. Ah, yes, that is entre la jeunesse et la sagesse. We are all sons, daughters, just produce from the corner grocer. Born on the same day, brought up at bargain prices. It's all true. This is from Kate and Anna McGarrigal's album, The French Record. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. We're celebrating the 400th anniversary of the birth the birth of Quebec City, the founding of Quebec City, Quebec, by playing music of the province of Quebec and also talking about poutine. Important things to know about food from Quebec. Junk food from Quebec, in fact, comfort food perhaps. I found a website called Viva la Poutine, subtitled Breaking Bread in Quebec. Here are some other things you might want to know. Food in Quebec, this all sounds really, really good, especially in a cold day, although it's warm, I'd probably eat it anyway. There is creton, which is a potted mince of pork. The side order usually comes with your standard greasy breakfast, i.e. two eggs over easy, bacon, home fries, and creton. It is similar to a coarse pork pâté, except that it's made from the refuse part of the pig and is about 90% fat. It smells, tastes, and looks like a little like canned dog food, says Jonathan Cliff, who wrote this article, and is thus best left to the adventurous. Also found in sandwich form. Yikes. Okay, we have also... Flateur, translation is floater, it's a layer of ground beef on a hot dog bun smothered with spaghetti meat interlaced with cheese curds that melt with it. Mmm. Poutine, we've, we've of course heard about that. Yes, yes indeed. Poutine, we've heard about that. But also there is more. There is also the food called boisson gazus, is, which is translated as gaseous drink. Mmm. This is not what you might think. It's not a combination of rolades and other assorted antacids. It's just the way you say soda in French. And it's perhaps delicious. Casse-croûte are the outlets which specialize in serving broken crust or broken bread. You know, snack bars. The finest ones are distinguished by their gaudy orange and white striped walls and their orange plastic counters and seats. Without orange plastic, a a casse-croûte dining experience is not the same. Mmm, okay. So poutine we've talked about earlier... And I want to get to something very, very fascinating to me. This is some food here. This, in Quebec, there is a food item entitled Le Hot Dog Michigan. One more time, Le Hot Dog Michigan. Translation, it says here, figure it out. This is your standard wiener in a bun construction, but with the distinction of being completely smothered in steaming spaghetti meat sauce. Sometimes a stray piece of pasta will even poke out. When I inquired about the Michigan moniker at Fritoré, the waiter pointed at his co-worker and curtly replied, It's like why he's called George. It's just a name. My curiosity was satisfied. Try this one with triangular slabs of processed cheese for a change of pace. Michigan avec fromage. So you see, Michigan and Quebec are together as one, and this is very true. Now, I had a report the other day that there are things called Michigans. Not Michigani, not Michiganders, not Michigandrians, but Michigans. In fact, they are food, and they can be found in parts of the Northeast. Now, I spoke to somebody who said that he saw a big sign that advertised Michigans and found, under the name of Michigans, an eclair, dessert, kind of a donut, sort of a morning breakfast kind of a thing. I was not able to find information on that, unfortunately, because I wish I could, and I sure could go for one of those right now. But in fact, there is a Michigan which is not too far off from the Quebec Hot Dog Le Michigan. Not very far off at all. In fact, I found an article called Short Hop to Michigans and Back on the Endless Banquet website. So this group, this is not an egregious typo, says the guy, about Short Hop to Michigans and Back. The group headed to 
the Michigan's capital of New York's North Country, Plattsburgh. Now, in this place, you can go for Michigan's. And what are Michigan's? They're, they're chili dogs, it says here. Something to that effect, right? Okay, so here we go. The strange thing about all this is that neither of us had ever met a chili dog, for that, in essence, is what a Michigan is, that we really liked. It had never occurred to either of us that a chili dog could actually be a good thing. Then suddenly, after reading Jane and Michael Stern's account of this small, porky frank bedded in a cream-soft bun and topped with mustard, onions, and a sauce made from a little tomato, a lot of spice, and finely ground beef, it all made sense. Of course, we thought, what's the problem? Okay, the mustard seemed a little bizarre. It did. And then there was the whole business with the nomenclature. Why is this hot dog plus Texas red? Why is it known as Michigan, as a Michigan in Plattsburgh? Why? So there are many, many mysteries about Michigan and Michigans and Michigan I. And Leotog Michigan, we've, it's all, we are all related as the previous program so adroitly pointed out. Now we're going to play another piece of music here. Have I queued anything up? No. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, and we're going to play another piece of music here. Because I have this CD in the player, we're going to hear another song by Malajub, which celebrates the technological achievements of Michigan, Quebec, and all great municipalities and states around the world. This is called Le Robot Sexy, and it has as much to do about food as I can possibly manage right now. And it goes something like this.
That was that was Le Robot Sexy, and the reason it was that is because that's what was in the CD player. That was by Malajube, the fine band from Montreal. We are celebrating Quebec City, which is now celebrating the 400th anniversary of its founding, one of the oldest cities in North America. And we're celebrating Michigan, Michigans, and Michiganses, and Michigan alumnuses, and Michiganders. We're running out of steam here. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Coming up at 7 o'clock, it will be time to face the music. Of course, coming up tomorrow is the 4th of July, and it got my attention that George Washington's childhood home appears to have been found. It was something that people had heard about but had only wondered. They'd found the block where a group of houses were on but had not until recently established which home was George Washington's. What caught my ear is that Oyster shells were used in the construction of the house. That's something I had not heard about, and I wonder if those oyster shells were in fact delicious. There are also a number of important stories about George Washington and about oysters. As a matter of fact, I'm about to find which one that is right here. A story of George Washington's horse and oysters. By the way, George Washington had a dog named Drunkard. Okay, this is important. While the Wadsworth Stable in Hartford was at one time famed as a place where George Washington's horse slept, the Pixley Tavern in Bridgeport was even better known throughout early Connecticut as the spot where Washington's horse nearly dined on a takeout order of fried oysters. You know, said Washington, casually addressing a florid-faced patron who had just finished off the third helping of oysters, my horse is crazy about fried oysters. We oysters. Is Ella Fitzgerald in the room? We've had a hard ride today, and I'll guarantee you the old fellow would be mighty pleased to find some of those oysters in his feed bag right about now. At that, everyone at the fireside table stopped eating, wiped their sleeves across their lips, and turned their eyes suspiciously toward the tall, bewigged stranger hovering over their dining board. Did I hear you right, mister, said the red-faced man, his jowls bobbing in disbelief. That's something I like to see. Your horse will eat fried oysters? Why, I've never heard of such a thing. Yes, sir, replied Washington. Down in Virginia, where I come from, we practically raise our horses on Chesapeake Bay oysters. They make for a lively gait and a sleek hide. In that excited discussion that followed this exchange, another one of the diners offered to wager that no horse ever lived who would eat oysters. That doesn't make sense grammatically, but that's fine because they're drinking. Very well, said Washington, seizing the opening. Why don't you folks just prove it to yourselves? Take some of your oysters there, go on out back to the stable, and see what my horse does with them. I tell you, he'll make short work of them. Immediately, all the guests jumped up from the table, heaped up a dish with the savory shellfish, and headed for the stable. As they disappeared out the back door, Washington quietly removed his cape and cap, slid into a chair at a now-empty table, and, with a smile of satisfaction on his face, placed his order for the jumbo-sized fried oyster platter. They say that by the time the disappointed guests straggled in from the barn, the father-to-be of our country was about halfway through a second serving of Pixley's Prides. That sneaky father of our country. There you go. This is why Michigans, Michiganders, and hot dogs, fried oysters, and poutine are... um, This is why. You've been listening to Pandora's Lunchbox for at least as long as I can stand it. I've been Mike for half an hour. Face the Music is coming up in mere moments, but first, a few more vignettes to get us through our lives right now. Now, in Beirut, there is a place called Buns and Guns. I have, it, has been come, it has come to my attention. 
With the sound of helicopters hovering overhead, it says here, Samir hunched behind a pile of sandbags and sank his teeth into a hamburger. The 30-something Beirut resident was not a warrior, taking a moment of respite on the battlefield. He was a regular customer dining with his black-veiled wife and, li- and little son at Buns and Guns, a new war-themed restaurant where every detail, from the menu and decor... Now, I, if you could call back right after I'm off the air, that would be much appreciated. But I'm thinking the sounds of... Hold on a second. Hello, I'm on the air. Please call back. Okay. Now, here we go. Uh, he was a regular customer dining with his black-veiled theme, black wife and little son at Buns and Guns, a new war-themed restaurant where every detail from the menu and decor to the names of sandwiches inspire, is inspired by the military world. At Buns and Guns, a meat sandwich is referred to as an M16 carbine. A burger is called a mortar. A veggie snack is known as a terrorist meal. Potato wedges are grenades, and chicken wings are called stinger missiles. I think we'll end on that thought on this patriotic 4th of July weekend coming up. Pandora's Lunchbox has been you and me, and I really appreciate it. Coming up next, we're going to hear a little more Malajub. This is a song about Montreal when it's 40 below zero. This is called Montreal at 40 below zero, but it's in French. Malajub, ladies and gentlemen. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Coming up next, Face the Music. Yeah. 
Bill, I've been smoking this pot all day and I still can't get higher. What kind are you smoking? Well, all marijuana is the same, isn't it? That's the mistake a lot of people make. But not in Vietnam. Well, it was one fine morning, I was knocked out of bed By a thumb-thumb rhythm I heard over my head I went into the hall to see what it could be It was a rock and roll uprising all around me Now there's a...